0: Good morning, Cedar Valley Church, and welcome to our online Sunday morning worship service. Before I go any further, happy Father's Day to our dads and dads in general. Bless you this day and all year through. So that's sort of for me as well, because I'm a dad. Big day. Hey, let's talk a bit about... um, offering and what we give in terms of supporting the ministries of our church. I know that sometimes that's not the the first thing you want to hear, but it's an important thing to hear. Let's talk about why we give the way we do. We give the way we do at Cedar Valley Church in support of the ministries of this church. One of them being the building, just making sure it's up and running and it's as good a state as possible, but more towards uh, what our pastoral staff do what we do in partnership with you all these things take sacrifice and they take some money so we're grateful that you give as you do and we want you to know that you can continue to do that even though we aren't meeting physically together online there's a handful of ways if you go to our website that you'll see there but some of the really cool things that we are funding together because kingdom is a deal for us this week we capped off a one with a really cool drive-through, drive-by, I don't know what to call that actually, celebration here in our parking lot, fantastic. Uh, Zoom meetings that our our youth are doing and they're they're meeting face-to-face, properly distanced, great stuff, and otherwise, um, we're doing, there's something else here somewhere, give me a second, Uh, yeah, this right now, mid-week, end of the week, online and in-person, ministry stuffs that we are doing to disciple each other, but also just to reach out to our community at large. So thanks for giving as you do. COVID Cafe, new idea. We're going to start this in July and go through the summer on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. here at the church. Essentially, and we're calling it a Kovac cafe to be fun with that. It's a time for us to connect with each other again, observing our protocols of safety that you'll see outlined on our website under uh, reopening guidelines. But if you bring a chair along, we can meet in the parking lot or we might move it inside, whichever makes the most sense. That'll begin Tuesday, July 7th, where we will meet with each other. But we'll, we'll put some function around that. It'll be to meet but also to pray for each other, pray for our church, and pray for what's going on around us in our community. So I'd be glad if you joined us as staff. July 7, 7 p.m. is when it begins. That'd be fantastic. Speaking of prayer, let's pray, and then I'll have a few more things to tell you. Let's pray though, And, and by the way, prayer, in case that's a new experience to you, It's our conviction that we have a God that loves us, who's made us for relationship with Him. And one of the ways that we relate to Him is by talking to Him. And I'm going to close my eyes because it's easy for me to concentrate on the person I can't see. So I'm going to do that right now. And uh, if you join me, however you might, that'd be awesome. Father, and we call Him Father because He's invited us to do that father thanks for this day thanks for our fathers uh, thanks for you being the kind of father that we can be like to a, a father who, who loves who's invested in who wants best things for his kids thank you that when, when we fail to do that uh, there is forgiveness in our relationship with you and we would hope that we could even process that in our own families because we, we, we blow it. I'll speak for me as a dad. I blow it periodically. And I'm, I'm grateful to my kids and my wife for their forgiveness. Fathers, we turn our attention towards what we worship and how we worship. In other words, what we give our attention, our life, our passion, our intensity to this morning. I pray that we would give that some thought. How we do spend our time what we are giving our attention to, and I hope more and more it's to you, because it's, it's our belief that there's nothing better to give our time and attention to than the things that are important to your heart. So I pray, Father, that you would lead us this morning towards greater and deeper life as we talk about worship. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, what's coming up? Very shortly, Pastor Doug's coming your way with a children's lesson on reminders. They'll be physical reminders like the rainbow, which is interesting because worship music is what we're going to talk about this morning when Pastor Grant talks to us. That's sort of like our way of reminding ourselves who God is and what He has done for us. So I look forward to that too. If you would like us on Instagram or Facebook and follow us at cedarvalley.ca, that'd be awesome. And towards that, I'm going to ask this question, and we'd love to hear from you on those platforms. And it is simply this. In the spirit of what we're talking about today, what might be your favorite worship song? And by favorite, I mean, oh, it helps you to worship God easily. If you could answer that, that'd be awesome. Have a great Father's Day, dads and family. Peace.
1: Cedar Valley. Uh, Happy Father's Day to everyone, to uh, fathers, to um, single moms and single fathers too. Um, They're doing double duty on both of these celebrations that we have around the family. I just hope that uh, we can all get together with significant people in our lives and celebrate uh, what family means to all of us. Um, And right now I would just like us to all to uh, join together and sing a uh, tribute to dads and to the great one, the great dad that we have, that we all share.
2: Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. It is great to see you again, especially on this special Father's Day. And I'm going to give you a moment right now to go and tackle hug your dad. All right, go for it. Okay, right, I'm going to give you a moment to get back up off the floor. And we're going to continue with our lesson. Now, the next thing you're going to need for this morning is a pack of sticky notes. And some colored markers or pens or crayons anything like that is good and in just a little bit you're gonna do something special for your dad with these few little items but first I want to tell you about the most awesomest dad ever that's right it's God for he is our Heavenly Father And I want to tell you about some of the reminders that he has given to us and his people over the years. You know, when we need to remind ourselves of something, often we use a sticky note, kind of like this. And so if I need to remember, oh, maybe I need to get some milk. So I'm going to write that down there. And I'm going to stick it. Maybe I'll stick it right here, like that, get some milk. Or, oh, I'll stick it right here so it stays. How's that? Or how about if, oh, right, I need to call my mom. i better write that down. And I'm going to stick it right here, too. Call my mom. Now, if I were to give Jenny one of these, she might write down, uh, fix the leaky sink. And she would stick it down there for me. But if I was to give her one, I might write something like this. I would write... I would write, kiss me. And maybe I'd stick it right here as a reminder. Because you know what? I really like it when she kisses me. Well, we can do lots of things with sticky notes as reminders. But I want to tell you about some of the awesome ways that God reminds us to do things. Here's the first one. Check it out. incredible rainbow. Isn't that absolutely amazing? And it always has the colors of red, of orange, of yellow, green, blue, indigo, and then violet. And it just kind of blends through each one of those. It is absolutely amazing. You know, when God created, so lovingly created, all of the people on the earth and he made this beautiful world for them to live in it didn't take too long and well they didn't really want to follow him anymore or listen to what he said and they got really mad at each other they would fight and do bad things and then they started to hate God and God was well he was kinda sorry that he made all these people and they were so bad so he caused a flood and covered the entire world but Noah and his family and the men that married his daughters they were all safe and then when the water started to go down and the boat they were in it settled on the top of the mountain God talked to him he says, you know what I am going to put a rainbow in the sky and it's going to be a reminder for you and for me, God even said this about Himself, that whenever we see that rainbow, that I will never ever cover the world with water like that again. Well, there's another one and I really like this one. It's a party. God uses a party as reminders for us. And there's people that gathered there and there's a festival and they would have food and they would set up tents and booths. There'd be all kinds of fun and there'd be dancing. That's right. God said, have a festival and a feast to remember how good I am to you. And they would do that. And that's a great reminder, isn't it? To gather for a party to remember something special. But then he also said, I want you to sew tassels on the ends of maybe your shirts, or your pants, or your blouses, or your dresses. Kind of like this. And he said, make tassels with a blue cord he actually said that in Numbers chapter 15 verse 40 and you know what when they were hanging down off maybe your shirt and your hand would maybe touch them or people would see them it was supposed to remind them to obey God what a cool reminder that was and then the last one I have for you well it's just a big pile of rocks now when the people of Israel Israel when they were following God they came up to the Jordan River and they didn't know how they were gonna cross well God stopped the water and they could cross to the other side then Joshua their leader said I want you to go into the river 12 men grab a great big rock put it on your shoulder climb out up onto the bank and make a pile 12 stones high right on the bank of the river And then when anybody comes by and they go, hey, what's this big pile of rocks doing here? You can tell them this is when God got us through the river safely. And it talks about His power and His strength and how He is always with us. It's a great reminder about who God is. You know what? God's reminders are way cool, aren't they? But we've got sticky notes mostly to remind us. So what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment, I'm going to stop talking and then Pastor Grant, he's going to come and preach a great message on worship to your moms and dads. But while he does that, I want you to take these sticky notes and I want you to write some words or draw some pictures of the really good things that your dad does for you And you can tell him, this is how much I love you and I'm going to show all these things by writing them down. So you're going to take one here and maybe, maybe he works so hard for you every day. So you can go, how hard you work, you can put that on and run somewhere and put it somewhere on the house. And another one, maybe he bounces on the trampoline with you and he can draw it or write it down. Maybe he sits and reads with you in the evening a book. Or maybe he takes you places. Maybe he wrestles with you. Maybe he builds you something in the backyard. Maybe he does a great barbecue. Write these things down one at a time on a sticky note and go all over the house and stick them all over the place. Then, when your dad, when he walks around the house later on and goes into these different rooms, he's gonna see these notes and it's gonna remind him of how much you love him Because He does all these good things for you. Just like God sent us reminders about how much He loves us. And when we saw them, we remember how much then we love God and want to obey and to follow Him. So, have a great time with your sticky notes. Happy Father's Day. And we're going to see you next week.
3: friend in me. You've got a friend in me. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm actually not going to play and sing for you today, Cedar Valley, but uh, uh, maybe another time. I did want to show you my old first ever acoustic guitar, though. This is, um, well, I got it for free from a friend who got it for free because of a roommate who left it behind. It's it's actually not a very good guitar. But uh, I, I cleaned it up, I tuned it up a bunch, I put a nice pickup in it. And uh, even, you know, so this is a guitar I really learned on. I learned most of the songs and singing, uh, playing this guitar. Uh, and I even had a friend, you know, cause it, she was a, a talented artist who was just doodling on some drawings one day. And I even said, Hey, do you want to draw on my guitar? And she responded by asking me, uh, she said, well, what's, what's important about music to you? And so I responded, I said, well, this guitar, I actually learned playing on an electric guitar, but this guitar I appreciate because of the natural beauty of it being an acoustic guitar. And, um, I also just really love music's ability to be so high and low, like volatile and mellow. It can be striking and bold. It can be really um, accompanying and and mild or mellow at times. And she said, sweet, okay. And she just took it and uh, I got the guitar back the next day and had this, I'll I'll get a little close-up of it there for you. But this really cool little doodle that I just love. It's got a tree, some patterns. And so I put a varnish on it and... um, I don't really ever play this guitar anymore though, because honestly it the sound sucks. <laughs> I have a much nicer guitar now, but uh, what this guitar really represents to me is it's the first, the guitar that I started using to play in church when I grew up uh, playing music in church, especially in youth group I'd play, and that was a lot more electric guitar and kind of the youth group rock worship band where, you know, we'd have good old classic hits like one way, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, where an elder of our church, I remember would describe that song specifically as musical machine guns, (laughs) but, uh, for those of you who are watching this stream, maybe this is one of your first, uh, kind of exposures to church. And, uh, you saw earlier in our stream, Ruben and Val led us in a couple of worship songs. There was lyrics on the screen and we invited you to join us and sing with us might be a bit of a foreign concept. I, I actually have, uh. friend who's a dj and he he always would ask me about church stuff because he had seen venues and videos and stuff and he said isn't it weird though with church like you guys kind of there's a band that's playing live and then everyone's singing along it's like reverse karaoke and i said yeah i can see why that would be a weird thing to see from the outside if you don't get what's going on but music is really an element of christianity that is almost iconic and and we call it a time of worship and right now we are in a series studying the book of psalms and what that is psalms are literally just it means songs it's a pronunciation it's a spelling derived from a greek word which i can't say but um it it means songs and yeah, so what better way to dive into this understanding of what is worship? Why do we sing in church? What is that about and how does it affect our lives? And diving into, as we wrap up this series on Psalms, we're going to be uh, looking at how that tells us and describes to us what worship looks like in our lives. So the songs, literally just songs, Psalms, songs, silent P, uh, is, uh, you know, we've looked at some specific Uh, Close-ups of some specific psalms uh, in the past few weeks. We've taken a look at some kind of areas uh, taken a, a little bit of a step back but if I could give an overall view of what the point of the book of the Psalms is in the context of the Bible What it means in our lives what it means specifically in the Old Testament. I would say it's the recorded Evidence of faith and worship in every aspect of the lives of God's people What I mean by that is the psalms are the most quoted and repeated piece of scripture throughout the bible uh, in the new testament the apostles and uh, even in the old testament a lot of the things that came straight out of the mouth of kings and judges and prophets jesus himself most of what he said when he was quoting scripture came right out of the book of the psalms and uh, i'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were really catchy uh, in the same way that we can rattle off like great one-liners from famous songs, but it's not that they were necessarily, uh, they was quoted a lot because there was this compulsory discipline to memorize all the Psalms. Uh, In fact, one one commentator says it's because as true artists, the Psalmists were able to capture the very hearts and minds and emotions of what was going on in a believer in God at that time. So it's natural That the things that they would say and declare about their hearts, about their faith, sounded exactly like what was in the book of Psalms. And thousands of years later, we can do the same thing. Any good artist can capture the hearts and minds. It's why Bono can write timeless hits one after the other. It's uh, It's why the psalmist here can write stuff that transcends... Uh, centuries and cultures and geography, and we can read it and relate to it still. The wording might be a little bit archaic, but that's why we have different uh, Bible translations that help us understand modernizations of the wording. These aren't just systematic lists of rules or prescriptions for lifestyle choices. It's not just archive histories or doxologies condensed for things to repeat, even though all of those exist within the Psalms. What the book of the Psalms is is, the emotional, is what emotional outpouring looks like when God is at the very center of every aspect of our life. So here we are, we're at Psalm 149, and this is the second to last psalm of all the collection uh, in the fifth of five books. They The psalms are divided into five books. They're not organized chronologically or categorically. Uh, there's no consensus about why they're organized in the way they are, but there's 150 psalms. This is Psalm 149. And it starts off with an exclamation point, at least my Bible's got the exclamation point, I think it seems loud, it says, Praise the Lord, sing to Him a new song. And now you've got to wonder why, after 148 psalms, the editors and compilers of, of this book thought, yeah, you know what, 148, no, 149 psalms, let's put that one in there that says, let's do another one, a new one, another psalm again. And you got to wonder why another new song like isn't hundred and fifty plenty enough and we have this direction here almost at the very end to Sing another new song and another no, new one. I dug up. I found this book This is uh, this is a hymnal church hymnal I thought that they had all kind of disappeared when we removed the pews uh, And replaced them with individual chairs in our church, but they're still kicking around. There's a lot of them here and um, This is a collection of modern in a different era worship songs that we would sing in church and there is you know 150 psalms in the bible here this book has got 592 psalm 592 songs to sing together with music in the new church hymnal and the new church hymnal replaced the old church hymnal in 1972 so and many of you i'm sure would probably say there's way too many new church songs these days so we've got 150 and 592 and hundreds of thousands of ccli registered worship songs because emotionally you cannot contain all of the heart expressions of humanity in a single book or a single era or a single culture has to transcend it has to continue adapting and growing so the psalmist here starts off by telling us sing a new song and the reason for that is because it's an emotional process singing and worshiping and praising is emotional just alone in these psalms recorded though, stuff that we've been going through so far uh, we can see expressions of love and passion like literally what looks like a love song but not for uh, a relationship or a crush or a spouse. It's actually in the Psalms, you get a sense of a love for the law, for the commandments God gave us. And that tells us something. What that tells us is that the writers, the authors, the people who believed in God didn't just believe in the laws because they made sense. They didn't just have an argument for why it was correct and proper, but they actually passionately love them and that's why they would sing love songs to the law there's emotions of highs and lows there's exciting joyous praises and then there's laments and anger and hatred in the psalms this one specifically psalm 149 we're in starts off excited and talks about singing and dancing and then it all of a sudden dives into around verse 7 it says and destroy my enemies god kill the people who are against you and destroy their nations wipe them off the face of the earth make sure their kings are gone too there's hatred in these, and it's the highs and lows, because what these are is representing our hearts, what's in us, and bringing that, giving that to God. The, what what I'm saying here is overall, the Psalms give us a powerful insight into the lives of God's people, and it gives us God-inspired language, for how to express every aspect of our lives, no matter what life throws at us, whether it's COVID or SARS or whatever other crazy thing or the next election, whoever that, however that's gonna go, we can express our emotions to God and how God is at work in our lives. And as academics, we can look at this book and we can historically see what that looked like for the people who believed in God back in the day when these were written. But as Christians, we need to look at this book and realize we need to learn. We need to learn a new way of expressing ourselves to God. So he, here's an example again, and this is what ties it together with music. I had a friend in high school uh, who he told me about this fun story. I I had a punk rock phase. Well, still goes, but uh, we listened to when I was a skater. We listened to just like hardcore punk rock all the time. And he's telling me about this time when he was uh, watching. Uh, some music videos for one of his favorite bands rage against the machine. And this is uh, here's a disclaimer I'm not advocating that you go and search them up right now. It's not really good Sunday afternoon listening music, but uh, So he's got this song blasting on the TV full volume The vocalist is spitting out aggressive politically charged statements. They're screaming guitar lines and his dad walks in who comes from a pretty traditional background uh, And he's floored like he's appalled, but he makes this observation He says wow That guy, the lead singer he's talking about, is passionate about what he is saying. He really believes it to the core. I don't think I've seen somebody so convicted about their beliefs. That's why these psalms, songs, are in a format like this, like poetry, like music. Why they're important is because music, songs, art has a quicker way to our souls than just systematic statements of words and truths and encyclopedias. There's an art and a power in that. So, it says here too, a new song, because there's a call and a command here to make something new, to be creative in it. Um, It's actually a direction, and often the term worship in, in church is just mistaken for the genre of music, that is worship music, but in a dictionary, worship means to give something value in fact more specifically it says to express adoration and reverence to something specifically a deity or god uh, in the christian view our understanding of worship is to express adoration and reverence towards the god the creator of the universe yahweh that's what worship is it doesn't have anywhere in that saying that it needs to be music but music is a powerful tool. Look right here again in, in verse one, uh, Psalm 149. If you've got your Bibles or you can search up on your phone. I'm not going to put it up here. But uh, starting in verse three, Psalm 149, verse 3, it starts going into the fact that sing a new song, praise the Lord, and praise Him with harps and tambourines could easily be translated as guitars and drums. And dancing. That's right, Mennonite Church. The Bible here, the psalmist, is demanding us to dance. <laughs> Jesus Himself sang. Matthew, the gospel of Matthew chapter 26, the gospel of Mark chapter 14, it, uh, records Jesus singing a song of praise. That was just part of his life too. Maybe he didn't love singing, but it was something he did because it expressed so much about him. Music is powerful in our lives. And one of the best ways to understand that I've used an example before, but if you really want to feel the weight and power of music, Google, uh, famous movie scenes without music. It's really funny. Um, I you know, for a Sunday afternoon laugh you should do that, but uh I recently just saw one, it was an edit of Star Wars A New Hope, the first and best Star Wars. The very end scene in the, the throne room, there's this big ceremony, award ceremony and celebration, and normally John Williams orchestra has this background music that's just rising up and the heroism and celebration and victory is felt. But there's an edit where the music's gone and it's this awkwardly silent like there's a bit of trotting around marching up it's like an awkward wedding where the dj forgot to show up and nobody knows what to say or do then r2d2 makes a few clank sounds and some beeps and chewbacca the Wookiee, just kind of spouts out like out of nowhere (laughs) that's my terrible Wookiee sound but the sense of heroism and victory is gone because the music's gone it's bizarre and the graphics you know back in that day were not great either so that didn't help it Um, what I don't want to do though, when I'm talking about this music, music's powerful, but I don't want to give you a sense that by definition, worship is inherently a musical endeavor. In fact, any effort of creative expression using your gifts and your abilities to express your adoration and love and reverence for God is in fact worship. And what's, and the, the biblical evidence this is biblical evidence. We're looking at Psalm 149 here. The Psalms in general, this whole series we've been doing is evidence for the fact that we need to have a life that isn't just head knowledge and convictions and truth, systematic understandings of why what we believe is what we believe. We need to have a balanced faith that is charismatic, emotional, a dynamic faith. We're called to worship in both spirit and truth and honestly as a a church with a mennonite background we're bad at this because emotional expression is foreign to us being open and outward with our feelings with our sight we're very head knowledge focused so what that means is we need to work on this we have to step it up and we have to develop it because it's commanded right here in the bible that this is something that we need to be doing we can see it in the psalms and it needs to be part of our lives too an emotional expression of worship in our lives so how can we develop our worship during this season. Um, when we don't get to go to a building to be led by a band in worship music, we don't get to have a place where we can kind of learn together. I'm really convinced that this season God is using, while we aren't meeting in church halls on Sunday mornings, we're meeting at home, uh, for church gatherings. And there's times to be led in worship too, even on the screen, but I'm convinced this is God. God is using this time to help us step it up and realize that we need to lead ourselves in worship. We need to find ways to express emotionally our love for God. We need to express the highs and lows, the victories and defeats of God at work in our lives. Um, And we need to strengthen those muscles. So it takes work. And I want to read uh, an excerpt from a book called The Rhythms of Renewal by Rebecca Lyons. And uh, the tagline here is trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. Um, and what it is really, it's, it's a book that just, uh, focuses on developing tools in your life that will drive you towards your God-given purpose. And that in turn will actually remove stress and all the negative barriers in your life, like anxiety and depression and addictions. Um, so it's, it's in this book, um, a really powerful understanding of what, uh, it means to create, especially in the context of worship. But here it says, when I say create, I don't necessarily know Sorry, I don't necessarily mean painting or quilting or composing a song though. It can mean any of those things. Instead, I'm talking about using your specific talents and skills and callings to live deeper into your God given purpose to create something that blesses him and the world around you. Now see the world's method of creation, it's understanding and definition of creating demands production. It demands striving for more and the best and hustle of being busy at it. And it's also rooted in crowd satisfaction, which is characteristically directly opposed to the holy rhythms of creation, what God intended creation to be. This is an individualistic form of creative expression, and it steals our sanity and leads to anxiety and depression and addiction. So instead, God's way, God's method and design for creating god didn't design us to create on our own by ourselves alone he made us to create with him to tend to his creation to work it and make it great he already started creation he made he created us and made us in his image image as creative beings so acts of creation shouldn't be so difficult though they do take effort but they shouldn't be so difficult that they produce anxiety Instead, they should be rooted in the life of God. And as a result, bring us peace, joy, and rest to us and others around us as well. So that's the challenge for us this week, this summer, really forevermore. How do you actively work to create worship in your lives? I've seen it in wonderful ways. I've seen it with a box of tools under the hood of a car. I've seen it behind a computer desk. I've even seen it with a guitar. I've seen it with sewing, worship and being creative and creating worship in your life is boundless. And so we're told here, Psalm 149, that's the first line. That's as far as we got. So next week we're going to continue this, but sing a new song emotionally and creatively. It's great to be led in moments of worship by skilled worshipers in our lives, but do you yourself create worship in your life? I'm just going to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the wild gift of creating creativity you've given us, God. And I know some of us don't think we have a creative bone in our body and others of us feel a little bit more blessed in the arts, but God, all of us are creative beings. You created us in your image. By definition, we have your characteristics, your abilities to do wild stuff. So God, thank you for giving us that ability to revere you, to adore you, to love you in creative ways. God, I don't even know what they might look like, but I just pray that everybody here listening, God, everybody who needs to connect with you on a deeper level, God, to understand you in ways that isn't just head knowledge and facts and apologetics and statistics or whatever it is, God, but they need to connect with you in a heartfelt, outpoured way, God, that you just hit them and impact them, God, that you take away any barriers of what we saw, the world's definitions of cre- creating, God, the, that that's not it, that we see creation and being creative in your light that we create with you. So God, I just thank you for all that. I thank you for this service and for being present with everybody in their homes as they're joining us today. We pray all these things in your name, amen. Thank you, Cedar Valley, for joining in. Have a great day and happy Father's Day.